0: Matters. I'm no millionaire, but I'm not the type to care because I've got a pocket full of dreams. Where do you stand on the issue of asylum seekers and refugees? Dr. Karen Block, a research fellow with a major university, is going to educate us on the truth about refugees and asylum seekers, their dreams for a better life, and some of the myths that we believe.
1: Yeah, we need to, to take a global perspective on this. So, so throughout the world, there's actually about 43 million people who are displaced from their homes because of wars or, or persecution. Wow. Um, and of those, about 15 million are classified as, as, as refugees.
0: It's frightening the number of asylum seekers that never make it um, have either been shot while they're trying to escape from their country or in specific countries around the world, or have drowned in the treacherous seas, isn't it? Well...
1: That's right. I mean, most of these have had to make very dangerous journeys and many of them are still, you know, are living, even once they've fled from their countries or from their homes, they're still living in danger, often for years and years. Um, a, a large proportion of, of the world's refugees are what are in what's called a protracted refugee situation, which means that they might be living in those dangerous and unstable um, and uncertain conditions for between 10 and 20 years. And in fact... I think the average is approaching 20 years. And and I think another really important thing to to keep in mind from a global perspective is that, in fact, 80% of the world's refugees are hosted by um, developing countries, so countries that are really least able to afford to look after these people. And that's because what what happens is is when refugees flee their homes, they go over a neighbouring border and because most of the most of the refugee-producing countries are, you know, in the Middle East or Africa or places where we've got conflict going on, Um, they're fleeing into other Middle Eastern countries or other African countries, for example. So we know, you know, Pakistan, for example, hosts... um, more refugees than any other country I think followed by Iran and then some countries in different countries in Africa such as Kenya and and, um, Ethiopia.
0: They recently had a meeting in Jakarta where up to 13 countries were invited to discuss the issue. I'm not sure how it can be resolved though because no more war is probably the only answer really isn't it?
1: Yes and I guess historically we know that that's not very likely to happen. I mean whilst I think you know as a as a global citizen, we have to we have to work towards um, reducing conflict and and restoring peace wherever we can. Um, we also need to provide protection to to people who are are forced to flee because of of wars and and you know persecution by by other governments.
0: But it's very difficult to change our mindset because for the West, the fear of who comes across our borders, is driving the attitude, wouldn't you say? I mean, that-
1: yeah, well, I think that that's another interesting myth, if you like. Um, there has, a, has never actually been um, somebody who's been a security threat to Australia arrive in Australia by boat. And I guess if you take a step back and, and think about it, um, it's far easier if, you've, if you have the means, um, you know, to, to come here by plane um, and and overstay a tourist visa. And they're far more likely, you know, to... To be a security threat, perhaps than somebody who has come by boat. Um, it's, it just has never happened, and the chances of, of that being the chosen method of arriving here by someone yeah. who poses a security threat is extremely small. I, I think there's all these sort of myths that circulate, and and they, they really don't have any basis in fact, or, or even any sort of rational underpinning to them. If we really think about think about it, And yeah. I mean, I would guess what you know what would be nice to see would be some of our political leaders perhaps um, you know helping helping to to reduce some of these myths and you know put the facts out there rather than um, playing to some to people 's fears i guess
0: that's right that's right what about the issue of how can the economy um, cope you know it'll just blow the economy right out with all of the uh The
1: influx. Well, that's that's another. I think looking at the economics of it, once again, that's a myth because offshore processing of asylum seekers um, is extraordinarily expensive. We're spending billions of dollars per year currently on processing people offshore, whereas if we did allow them to live in the community and supported them to um, to find work, which is not something we're doing at the moment. you know, that would that would cost far less
0: yeah that's pretty ironic isn't it
1: yeah yeah I think the economics of it certainly um, you know if you look at the economics we'd we'd have different policies from what we have now
0: why aren't they the why don't they do that
1: well that's a very good question I, I think um you know unfortunately I think a lot of our policies are are poll driven and because the facts aren't out there and people do have these fears and and sort of beliefs about the importance of being able to control our borders that that We've reached a political situation where politicians are finding it easier to just pander to those fears and, um, you know, rather than rather than look at the facts, look at the economics and, and try to come up with a more rational approach.
0: We were talking before about the history of it. It's not just a 20th century problem. I mean, the uh, the ancient scrolls from like 3,000, 4,000 years ago record so many accounts of people fleeing, seeking asylum because of war. You know, the nation of Israel fled Egypt and were chased by the king, the pharaoh, and his, his army. You know, so, I mean, there's so many different accounts from history as well.
1: Oh, of course, that's right. I mean, you know, our world has always been shaped by migration flows, um, you know, throughout time and, you know, um, because of wars, but also because of climate change and, and natural disasters. And, um, you know, that's, that's what shaped the world that we live in today. You know, in
0: wrapping up, I, uh, I read a great sticker on a car just over the weekend that said, we're all refugees unless you're the original owner.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: And it really puts it in perspective, doesn't it?
1: It, it does indeed, you know, and I and I think too it's you know, interesting to reflect on just the, the contributions that people who have come as refugees over the over the years have made. There's been some research done in that area and and the contributions have been immense, both, you know, sort of economically and culturally.
0: I'm no millionaire, but I'm not the type to care because I've got a pocket full of dreams. Research Fellow, Dr. Karen Block. People searching for a better life, dreams of freedom, freedom from persecution, freedom from poverty. Well, the Bible has an amazing promise and it recorded in Luke 4, where Jesus said how he has come to set free those who are oppressed. You're listening to Light and Life from The Salvos. I calculate I'm worth my weight in Lucky, lucky me, I can live in luxury. Cause I've got a pocket full of dreams